Yes, it's time to correct the balance. There's been far too many men on this show. Because I am a woman trapped in the body of a man. Uh, and I need some hot tips on how to be more feminine. Perhaps that's the angle we go. I'll just whip one out. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Aruga! Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and ladies, welcome to The Herd Mentality, uh, just the ladies edition, because... I felt it was time. I felt that it's it's simply just been too long with uh, so many Y chromosomes on the panel. So today I'm swapping out my Y chromosome for another X one. I'm going to channel my inner woman and we're going to just talk lady stuff. So let's have a chat and meet some people who I've never met before. Athie, hello. Hello. Where are you from? I am from rural Georgia in the United States, hence the Deep South. The Deep South. That's that's terrifying. Yes. That's in your Twitter handle. What's your Twitter handle? It is Deep South Athy. There we go. So that At tells the us Deep South Athy. Tells us everything we need to know about you. Does it not? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> On the surface at the very least. We've got Meg McCutch. Yes. Hello. Hi. Whereabouts are you from? I'm from Michigan. Detroit area. Detroit area. Now, there's a couple... Of, okay, just about everyone who comes on this show is from Michigan. I suspect the whole the what? whole city... Well, the Bible Reloaded, uh, Justin Sheba from the Doubtcast, and a couple of the kids who came on, I think, with oh, uh, Aura, one of the kids who was on the show previously. They're all from Michigan. They never want to hang out with me, I guess. Clear, well, with good reason. <laughs> and, you've got, <laughs> and you've got a Robocop statue, I think, somewhere around there. A what? Do you not... In, in Detroit? Is there not a Robocop statue? Is there? I don't know. Gosh, I only had you on here to ask, to get an answer to one question. Right. I failed. Blocked. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. We have, like, we have the Spirit of Detroit statue. That's all. But it's not a Robocop. Yeah, yeah. That's the Robocop one. I'm sure of it. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> all right. And Atheist Lauren. Hello. Hello. Where are you from? Colorado. I know very little about that other than John Denver wrote a song about. Whereabouts <laughs> in Colorado? We'll keep it broad. Colorado Springs. Well known for the mega churches, the home base of Focus on the Family, and uh, where Ted Haggard liked to play with his boy prostitutes. Golly gosh, it's all there's something for everyone there. Mm-hmm. Ted Haggard, Definitely. he he. Uh, tell me more about the boy prostitutes. I think I remember reading this. Um, I don't remember a lot of the details because it was a while ago, and I'm not that old. But um, I believe he he got caught. Uh, he was using meth and buying male prostitutes or something. Mm. Uh, From what I recall of the story, he um, he was a big proponent for you know anti-gay traditional family values, etc. And then got right. caught, he, caught he with his boyfriend. He was the pastor boyfriend. at the giant mega church there. Mm. Have you have you been to one of the mega churches? Um, no, I've I've been invited for years, but uh, I just haven't gone. Between that and the shooting there, just doesn't really seem like my kind of place. Ah, see, I have a morbid curiosity, and uh, one day, when I can afford a plane ticket to the US, I'd, I would love to come and see one of the Pastor John Hagee sermons or, or something of that ilk, mm. and just to see how, wh whether or not I can feel that vibe, whether or not I can 
be touched by Jesus. <laughs> You're missing out, clearly. You haven't bothered to go. It's only around the corner. So, ladies, let's talk about lady stuff. Uh, let me just um, poise myself, embrace my lady inner. stuff. Yeah. What's what's important to the ladies on Twitter? Talk to me. Important to the ladies on Twitter. Science. <laughs> Excellent. Rational thinking. Not really all that different from what's important to the men on Twitter. Yeah. Do you feel like you be, you're treated differently at all? Not really, no. Um, I think that there's a, a pretty level playing field out there. Um, you know, a, abusive folks on both sides and kind folks on both sides. I feel like there may be fewer women yeah. that I interact with especially in an atheist community. Why do you think that might be if women account for half of the population? I think that there's a, an expectation that women will be a sort of a spiritual center of a, of a family or a relationship and, and they feel like religion is part of that. That's, mm -hmm. okay, good anecdotal observation. Any other thoughts? Purely anecdotal. <laughs> Are you asking, like, why on Twitter or why in the real world you may interpret it as you see fit i don't know i mean i feel like people have probably said this before but like all quote-unquote oppressed <laughs> populations are more likely to be religious probably because if you're in a hopeless situation maybe you would start praying like i think that's why so many people end up going to jail and then coming out like Quote unquote, safe. Mm. Lauren, do you think that women are uh, unlikely to, or less likely to speak up on Twitter? No, I just found that they're, they're maybe not as easy to find on Twitter. Like when uh, the, the second week I was on Twitter, I just kind of sent out a tweet saying I needed more atheist women to follow. And then I got a ton. But mm. until then, I had it was really uneven in the number of male and female people I was following. Mm. Now it, it's it's much more equal, and I think that the women speak up just as much as the men. Is there any difference in content as to what they speak about, in your view? General content, no, because most of the people I follow just are mainly doing the atheist thing. Sometimes I get them to get naked. That that's good too. <laughs> um, no, not not really that I've noticed. No. Mm. Let's touch briefly upon that. You're, I think, responsible for. Is it shirtless Sunday? No, I I don't really know who did that. I I did the No Pants Friday. No Pants Friday. My apologies. I I'm getting all my innuendo <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, well, it, that wasn't certainly wasn't uh, as popular as my No Hats Tuesday, um, which people just post photos of their. In fact, it didn't take off at all. I admire your marketing skill. Didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it wasn't. It was never a thing. I made it up. Well. <laughs> My favorite thing was something that uh, Robert, I think he is uh, Liberty 2112. Yes. Um, he put out a call for smiling atheists at one point, and many, many, many people changed their avies at that point to something that was pleasant and happy, and we got to see people's faces, and I thought that was that was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hi there, boys and girls. It's Questionable Adam here from the year 2073. I'm contacting you via subspace link using Sirius Time Machine. In this alternate timeline, I was unable to get sufficient audience sponsorship from the show and had to resort to supplementing my income by offering my services in public restrooms. Hey, what are you doing in that cubicle? Yeah, excuse me, I won't be long. It's been 40 years. 
I've done some things that I'm not proud of. But you can help. Simply head to herdmentalitypodcast.com and click on the support tab. For as little as $2 or $5 a month, you can, you can help sustain a show that is by a person for the people. I won't be forced into a life of, well, whatever it is I'm doing right now. Jesus to a child. Past questionable Adam and present day questionable Adam. Thank you very much. It's all right, mate. What can I help you with? Ah, uh, what do I get for four Bitcoin? got to do something to change the way atheists are perceived we're all just perceived as grumpy yeah unhappy grumpy miserable unfulfilled and it could not be further from the truth at least most of us (laughs) (laughs) we all have our moments i'm sure and deep south athy you've posted a couple of songs from what i've heard i have it sort of started as a uh, an inspiration from uh groovy skeptic who one day posted a picture of him with his guitar, Mm -hmm. and I realized I hadn't touched mine in over 20 years. And so we decided we would start trading songs as proof that we were both practicing. And (laughs) so songs were posted. (laughs) (laughs) And it took off from there. There were a couple of requests for other things, but um, it's it's been good. It's made me practice, so... (laughs) Requests for you to, what, perform at bar mitzvahs or? No, to do a a different song. A couple of people have asked for particular songs, which is good because I can't ever think of something to sing um, or rehearse or whatnot. But it sort of moved from the guitar-oriented to singing-oriented. So that's a little off track, but but it does, it makes me practice, so, and I've been lame lately, but that's the holidays for you. <laughs> if I were to issue you the challenge of playing and recording the intro to this show, do you think you could do it? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I would try. <laughs> yes, excellent. Well, I would li- I would love you to try. So, if you think you could knock this out, oh God. doesn't have to be great. I mean... The rest of the content of the show is terrible, so it's it's almost certainly going to be the highlight of the entire podcast, of all of them. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> We're not even done and it's terrible? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the whole thing generally. Gosh. <sighs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right, so you've got your challenge. Meg, you've been... Um, let's talk a little bit about activism. Okay. Animals, Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because we're animals. Everybody's an animal that's mm. listening to this. That's true. That's true. So I, I, I th- don't know if I'd call tweeting activism, but I just get, I just, this is the thing. I get much more angry about people bringing terrible arguments against veganism to the table than I actually do about people not being vegan. So that's, that's why I get so angry on Twitter. <laughs> Okay. So, if I were to, say, prompt a little and say that I do quite enjoy bacon, where am I going wrong? I mean, I enjoy a lot of things. Somebody somebody that I think was friends with you tweeted me that yesterday. And I was like, well, I enjoy money, but I don't go and steal it from people. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of things I like, but I'm not going to kill someone to get it. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> I'm a slacker, I know. <laughs> You're not pulling your weight. 
I think that uh, if, they're, if they're slaughtered humanely and they've had a good life, then... Slaughtered humanely. That's <sighs> an interesting term. It is. It is. But here's the example. I have chickens. I was telling Deep South Athi about this before the show. I've got half a dozen chickens and uh, i got a rooster in, Enrique. It's his job to do what roosters do. And as soon as we find out whether or not the babies are boys or girls, then his services are no longer required. He's had a good life. He gets up in the morning, eats well, has exercise, he's got friends, and it'll be a very quick, painless death. And he'll be providing for the household. I mean, I wouldn't personally verbally abuse you for (laughs) having your own chickens and uh, requesting their services. But... I mean, you know, it's just like every person that I talk to, like the the reality is that at least mostly in America, the vast, vast majority of people don't own their own chickens and don't, you know, take, they, I mean, most people who even get a dog, well, not most people, but a lot of people who get a dog even don't really take care of it that well. So, you know, most people here, are, that's just not the reality. And people are always like, well, I buy my eggs from blah 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 and it's like okay well statistically speaking like no you don't like there's no way that every person that i talk to <laughs> buys their eggs from here I, i've seen your chickens so i believe you i still disagree with that but i'm not gonna yell at you no well look i'm i'm quite happy to be yelled at it doesn't happen nearly enough in my view <laughs> <laughs> If you can give something a good life fred hollows said this fred hollows was a an eye doctor and he basically dedicated his life to restoring vision to people in third world countries and he said everybody dies what matters is how you die whether or not you have a good death and i think it's a wonderful way to to live there shouldn't be suffering if we can buy our resources from places where they the animals have had a good life and they've been uh, i mean you ask a farmer and i grew up in a farming area so the and the farmers there would do all their own meat and they'd say the best meat you can get is when the animal has they've, they've had a good life they've been outside and then they they don't know what comes you just walk up from behind them and don't stress them out it's when the meat is in abattoirs and you know the, you've got a whole queue of animals there queued up to be slaughtered that it stresses them out and that's not a good death so i agree no it's not and i mean that's just how like i don't i don't personally know how it is in australia but i know in america i mean that's just that's just not how it is i think i mean it's different for every every animal but like the percentages of food animals that are raised in factory farm settings where it's like the exact opposite of a nice uh, humane slaughter is like i think it's like 86 percent for cows it's like 99 percent for chickens so i mean i don't know i don't i don't personally agree with you know bringing anyone into the world just so that i can use them but if you, I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool. But I mean, it's not cool. <laughs> but I mean, I think the 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 torture aspect is is especially awful. But I think it's all wrong. Mm. Um, so I mean, you know, if you cannot torture them, that's definitely a good start. But I mean, we can't kid ourselves. Like that's just not that's just not how it is. So I don't think people are gonna stop doing that if they can mm. i don't want, i don't want laws to be in place really either but i don't know uh i don't i just it went should, off, off on a market, whole other thing there but whatever it should be, it should be market driven by the way people purchase their products is perhaps that where you're heading yeah and i know like we have whole foods here and they have a whole thing about how all their their meat is ethically sourced and stuff and i just like kind of wonder like 
you know, who are you trusting? Who's enforcing this? Who's like paying to make sure that that all happens? Because it's happened so many times where, you know, free range chickens, it just turns out that they are in the same cages as all the regular chickens. Like it's yep. just nobody, yep. nobody cares. So, and, no, and the animals aren't going to tell anything. So that's true. There's no talking chickens, talking snakes, completely different story. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I was going to say, I live in a very intensely chicken house covered area of the country, and you can tell a difference. There are probably seven or eight hundred chicken houses within a few miles of me, and you can tell a difference in how every single one of them is run just by, you know, the condition of the buildings, how many fans there are, whether or not they are open areas for chickens to run around in, or whether they are caged birds. You can tell, even from the outside, that there's a huge difference in the chickens raised for one particular corporate entity, say. And I won't name any, but they all have their little corporate farm signs up on their places. So, you know, if you don't bother to go somewhere like a Whole Foods who is providing a product that maybe isn't 100% certain that it's free range or that they've been ethically treated or anything like that, then you are taking sort of a roll of the dice of what you're getting. But if you do make that effort, and more people make that effort, and the demand is there for chickens to be raised more humanely, and it improves the quality of the meat. If you're going to eat meat, which, you know, I'm here the way I am, my brain's the way it is, my teeth are the way they are, because my ancestors ate meat. It's not something that humans in general are going to want to give up entirely, but certainly not anytime soon. Let's shimmy along. Let's shimmy along. Atheist Lauren, how has it, religion impacted your life? Well... I grew up in a religious family, and I spent the majority of my young school years in religious schooling rather than the public school system. So I'd say that had a pretty big impact on my life to begin with. Was there a point at which you decided you were an atheist? I guess I officially decided that I was an atheist a little less than a year ago now. I, I was raised Catholic. And the last time I really think I believed in that was, I don't know, maybe when I was 14. So why stand up about it now? I didn't know there there was um, a community like this or, or anything. And I have my own personal Twitter account, which has basically been since I made this one. But at some point, I ran across Godfrey World and so kind of saw a whole bunch of people interacting through him. It was too hard not to join in, so I made this account so I could start talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. We're glad you did. Yeah, because I, I'm, a, I'm a closet atheist. That's why I, I don't do it for my personal account. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Meg? Oh, how has religion affected me? Yeah. Not all that much, I guess, other than like having to having to live in a place where, I don't know, it's kind of everywhere. I went to catechism, um, and then um, my brother got to quit that when he was in second grade, so I quit it when I was in first. And do, do you guys know what catechism is? No, no tell no. me. It's like you go, to, you go to school all day, and then after school you go to church, and you have more school except for instead of learning real things, you just learn about religion, and it's terrible. And I just remember like coloring the coloring Noah's Ark and stuff like that. And I don't know, like I like kind of believed in it up until high school. Like I had like prayer cards that I would carry around with me and stuff like that. And I like really wanted to believe that it was real. But then one day my brother was 
ridiculing people who believe in God. And I was like trying to come up with like legitimate answers why anyone would believe. And I'm just like, oh, I'm failing at this argument. And so <laughs> then I just kind of switched. <laughs> you jumped onto the side where you've got a far greater chance of perhaps winning. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Indubitably. And Deep South Athy. Oh, wow. I can honestly say that religion and believers and faith and 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 all of that has been pretty much a sea I've swam in my entire life. Uh, it's it's unavoidable here. Pretty much every decision I made of, of what to study and who to date and where to spend my time was, was based on this belief that I had to do certain things to be a good person and I had to believe certain things to be a good person. And when even those people didn't help me live up to whatever expectations a, a church or a pastor or a preacher decided to talk about, it was pretty crushing. It was honestly sometime after high school, in college, where, you know, I, I realized that I had made decisions to to actively avoid studying certain things that I was really interested in, and it was a lost opportunity. So um, it's something you can't really go back and redo when you're 35 years old to go back to college and say, I'm not, I'm not studying this old literature, I'm going to study biology. I mean, clearly people go back to school all the time, but you've made decisions in your life of, of who to date and who to marry, and all based on these expectations that you have absolutely no justification for, and, and realizing that you've closed out entire segments of the population from being a part of your life just based on a few beliefs that nobody can give you any justification for except for some old book. And if you think about it too much, it's depressing. So I feel like it's important to, to talk to people and, and tell them and anybody who's doubting or feels like they're completely by themselves and thinking the way that they do knows that, that there are other people out there who, who question it and who aren't afraid to buck a trend or state an unpopular opinion and, and live their lives based on what they see around them and what they know to be true instead of what they're told they've just got to live up to no matter how much they have to deny in order to do that. So mm. that's why it's important to me to talk. But clearly I don't use my real name on Twitter because that's not where I live. Very well, ladies. Thank you very much for coming on The Herd Mentality and having a, having a quick chat with me about uh, the issues that affect us all. So, Atheist Lauren, Meg McCutch, and Deep South Athy, all the best. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Adam. Okay. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality bonus material. And down the line, I have at Counter Apologists. There's no T. Uh-uh. And Can't afford the T. No, no. <laughs> budget cutbacks john how you doing i'm doing good how about you oh it's hotter than a demon's jockstrap here today in the herd mentality <laughs> recording dungeon it is so warm <laughs> it's insane it's, so it's so odd because we're freezing we're freezing our balls off over here in jersey <laughs> <laughs> well i much prefer the cold i've got blood thicker than porridge so i don't deal so yeah. well with, <laughs> with the heat yeah you sent me a little request through the website and you mentioned your specialty. You were part of a religion previously. Oh, yeah. What's the short version there? I was a fundamentalist uh, Christian. I was 
Basically, my family converted when I was like nine years old from being Catholic to being Baptist, and I pretty much went through fundamentalist Christian schools all the way up and through high school. My science textbooks were pretty much out of like Ken Ham's wet dream. Oh dear! So it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> there, were, there were videos on how the flood waters could have gone down, or the fisher, fishers in the ocean could have sprayed water up to make the flood happen better rather than just rain. It was it was awesome. So. Fast forward, I went to college, and luckily I didn't go to Christian college. Got an engineering degree. I stopped being a young earth creationist in college. I didn't actually lose my faith. I actually kind of fell away during that time because girls are more powerful than Jesus. Damn straight they are. That's right. Girls are real. I've met one. <laughs> I Yeah. <laughs> the odd thing was, was I actually converted my girlfriend, who's now my wife, to be a evangelical Christian, and we started going to churches. We got married. I went to church. I went back to church after basically not going through college, and then I became heavily involved. I was like the sound guy, trustee, basically eight years in the church. And then I started having doubts because for an odd reason, I guess I have I had two very close gay friends who I wouldn't have really become too close with if it wasn't for my wife when I was in college because I was pretty much a bigot until she corrected me of that view. <laughs> <laughs> and the odd thing was was as we go closer, like we were we were we, they were we're geeks, and so I had a lot more geek friends than I had church friends, mm. and we hung out a lot. And after like eight years, I realized that the love I had with my wife is the love that they shared. Mm. And how in the hell can I call that kind of a love wrong? Like that was pretty much the best thing in my life at the time. Still is, but now I have a kid too. So anyway, point being, I couldn't call that love wrong. And that made me start questioning things like, you know, if the Bible's not right about this, then, you know, what else is there? And I also couldn't reconcile the fact that they were going to hell. And once you start thinking about hell, and you have to understand growing up, I grew up in a fundamentalist environment. I didn't really know anybody who wasn't even my brand of Christian until I got into college, basically. Right? So everybody who was an infidel or burnt, going to burn deserved it, and I didn't know anybody like that. So reconciling that, and then you, you know, it kind of devised kind of the argument from the existence of hell, which I, I have a series on my YouTube channel about, and it kind of goes through if God knew, God had to know to create the universe that he would, if he created human beings, he would have to create hell. And anybody who goes to hell is far better off not being created. And so God couldn't create for any reason for himself. So he created the people who are going to hell so that he could have the people who go to heaven. You know, if you're faced with that kind of a moral choice, I have to create this set of people that'll be tortured forever in order to get a people set of people that'll be happy forever. You know, if that's the only way you can do it, the most moral option in that situation is to not create anything. Hmm. So you're using your skill now to having come from this background to redirect it with yeah. your YouTube video. So let's talk about that. Sure. Um, I, so I, when I lost my faith, my wife didn't quite lose hers at the time. And I threw myself into apologetics pretty hardcore to try to go back after I deconverted. And I try to convince myself. I mean, my whole family is pretty fundamentalist. So even coming out to them was, was rough. Apologetics was bullshit. I have an engineering degree, and I was really intrigued by cosmological arguments, and I could actually kind of hang with the science a little bit. And the more I investigated it, because they sure use a lot of science in there, I kind of was able to pick out where they were being inconsistent in, in what they would and wouldn't take from the science in question. A lot of it that really got me going was, especially in fundamentalist circles, apologetics is presented as the definitive answer as to why atheism is wrong, why Christianity is right, and it's open and shut case, and it really, really, really isn't. Mm. Once I realized how much of, how, how much of it was bullshit, 
I kind of wanted to help other people. I mean, when you, I was 28 when I deconverted. So when you have your whole worldview plucked out from under you and you see people clinging to that stuff to stay in the faith, I want to help them get out of, I want to help them get out of that. And I want to, deb- I mean, I want to debunk it because it can be debunked. Mm. You know, it's wrong. Outstanding. Where can we find your YouTube? My YouTube username is Counter Apologist. Um, you could just search for me. My videos will come up. I haven't been able to do too many lately because um, I have a now 14-month-old. But I hopefully have a series coming out on the moral argument relatively soon. Mm. I also, every video I do, I have the script for, which is basically a, a, almost like a paper that I put up in blog form at my blog, which is counterapologist.blogspot.com. Fantastic. Well, John, thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm going to head into the other room and put the air conditioner on, I think. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, good luck, man. Thank you very much for having me. It was awesome. My pleasure. I'm a big fan. Thank you. That makes two of us. All right. <laughs> I'll see you on the Twitter thing, at Counter Apologists. Thank you very much.
That was... Uh, Hi. Yes, you should have heard these two while we were waiting, Deep South Earthy. They were screaming. They were cursing. They were, you should have heard. They were really nasty behind your back. Really? Really. Really. That's how girls yeah. are. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can get a little of my own back then. Bring it on, sister. I'm on your side. <laughs> She is responsible for a lot of atheist flesh on Twitter, though. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Or maybe we need to discuss nudity on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Modest is hottest.